0: And that week that I was waiting really started getting me to think what is most important in my life. And I kept thinking back to my family that I'd not seen at that point in about two years because of COVID. And that's what made me want to go back for an extended period of time. In fact, I wanted to, ideally, to split my time between like maybe six months in Taiwan, six months in the US. And that's what my goal started becoming is, is working remotely and splitting my time between both places. Cause I have permanent residence there, but, but that's what, that's what got me to, it kind of woke me up right. about how connection, how important connection is and how important family connection is.
1: Hey, everyone. Uh, Welcome back to the Tacos Together podcast. Uh, This week, I'm your host, Paul Shin, and I am super excited to have Ray Smithen joining us today. And our tacos are from Smoked Taco. Uh, Ray, Thanks so much for being here, man.
0: Dude, thanks for having me. It's an honor to be here. Love what you're doing. Thanks, brother. Uh, Absolutely love it. So bringing people together and doing great things.
1: Thank you, man. All right. So before we jump into your story, uh, I am super excited to try these. We are determined to figure out where the best tacos in Utah are. Okay. Uh, anyways, again, so we have the the Gringo, the
0: something pastor, <laughs> there's something yeah. There's the cali- Gringo California and something pa- pastor. That's it. Okay. Smoking Thank you, man. Past, the smoking, smoking pastor. pastor. Anyways, dude, let's try these. Uh,
1: you tell me which one's your favorite. Your
0: uh, you know which one's the worst. And, the, one and these are from Smoking Taco, right? That's smoking the place. Taco, so oh. let's try. Let's try. Oh, smoke, smoke. Smoked Smoked there, there we go. <laughs> All right, I got it. I'm wrong. gonna push
1: this mic back a little bit so no one has to hear me chew. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, we're gonna try. Right, try the. Going gr- going
0: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go for the Gringo first. want gonna go in the same order, man. Okay. Let's do this. This is a crunchy one, so I don't know if it'll get, pick up on the mic. Uh,
1: what's it called, like ASMR or whatever? Like, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Some people pay for this. <laughs>
0: Mmm. <laughs> Alright, that was pretty good. That's pretty good. Alright. <clears throat> what are your thoughts? Like on a scale of one to ten. Well, so I'm having to compare it with like, I've been in you know, Mexico City and had tacos there, and this is definitely a different style right. of taco. Right. Um, it's good. It's got a little bit of it's it's pretty spicy actually. It's like a kick like it's it comes a in kick. a little later Right, like I feel the heat. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. you don't feel it for a little bit though.
0: Yeah, no <laughs> I think it's got jalapenos in it. It feels. it tastes like okay, but the um, yeah It's got kind of a sweet almost barbecue sauce, right? Yeah, I'd tastes. agree with that. Yeah, so what I, are you thinking man? I'm thinking yeah. 10 is the best taco I've ever had mm-hmm well, that's probably, it's probably in the 7-8 range. Okay. Seven, I was thinking
1: eight. like a 6-7, so maybe, okay. maybe we end up at a 7 on this one. Let's
0: say 7. Yeah. Okay. okay. We're going to move on to the next one. All right. Which one are we doing? The California?
1: Uh, let's go to the California, man. All right. Oh, that's a big taco. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Right. I probably like the the California a little bit better. Okay. Now okay. What are your thoughts? I don't know. I I like um, you can taste a, a hint of some kind of smoky meat like brisket or so. I don't know what's in there, but it's it's good. It's got like a smokes smoky tasting steak. Yeah. Um less sweet. It's got some avocado. It looks like in there. I'm I a think. huge fan of avocado, yeah. So
1: that was a big win for me. Uh, also, I agree. I think it tastes. I don't know, if fresher is the right word, mm-hmm. but like, it is a little weird to have a sweet taco, you know.
0: Mm. Anyways,
1: I like that one a little more. I give that like a solid eight in my mind.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm 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 around eight. So okay. I, the last one was seven to eight. This is more eight. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I would say.
1: And then the the last one here, which the
0: pastor. Something.
1: Disclaimer, it was covered with onions. Uh, I cannot eat an onion, save my life. So I yeah. scraped all the onions off of mine. Uh, so again, this one probably
0: is not for me.
1: But let's, okay. let's find
0: out, man. The pastor, I think it was the gringo that was covered in onions, wasn't well, it? Well, the fried onions for some reason don't bother me. But oh, the, really? The, this one had raw. Address. Oh, the raw onions. Okay, yeah, I, I just can't do the raw onions, <clears> man. So this is the pastor. All right, let's, let's try go. it.
1: Mm. so yeah i can see you're like deep in thought here
0: yeah (laughs) no it's it's good i i i I, it almost has like there's like a ranch taste like a a little bit of like the the sauce is maybe it's super creamy right super creamy um really good i would say i would say that last one was my favorite this one this one's probably for me about a uh, seven. Okay. And the other one's about a seven point five. So okay. we had eight, seven point five. Well, the first one was seven point five, then we had eight, and then I would say seven. <coughs> they're they're really good. <clears throat> for me, I think it's it's probably closer to like a six.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, I'm not a I'm not an onion guy though. Okay. And even with like scraping all the onions off, there's still <laughs> a lot of onion flavor in still, there. Still, still had some onion flavor. Uh, you know, but anyways. um... Again, thank you, uh, smoked taco. Yeah, yeah, really good. Amazing tacos and quite large.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like no. I cannot
1: imagine eating all three of these.
0: Yeah, if I ate all three, that would be a, that would be pretty full.
1: That'd be something, man. All right, now that
0: we're done with that,
1: let's jump into this, my friend. All right, I am super excited to hear your story. Uh, I mean, hmm. give me like the give me like the thirty second highlight reel, and then let's jump the into 30
0: it. Thirty second highlight reel? That's tough. I would say so. <clears throat> So I grew up, I grew up on a, it, kind of an interesting thing. I grew up in a, on, on the Navajo Nation, like not grew up, but I was born kind of on the Navajo Nation, moved to, moved around Arizona, Montana, went to Arizona, Montana, New Mexico, spent about 10 years in New Mexico, and then moved to Utah for roughly 11 years and then 10 years in Taiwan. That's just kind of the the timeline. And now I'm back in Utah. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I mean just digesting that a little bit (laughs) ten years in Taiwan. Yeah, I mean I'm assuming you didn't just like end up there right like Uh, what's that story didn't accidentally end up in Taiwan, Right, right like most people don't take a wrong left and end up in Taiwan.
0: Yeah Um, I think Taiwan came from I I had a professor. Oh, I, I first off I guess rewinding. I had I did a study abroad in Spain got offered a job in Austria and that got me interested in going abroad Okay. When I came back, finished my undergrad at Utah State University, I, w- I talked to a professor from Taiwan who said some really good things about Taiwan, and the business school was you know, kind of pushing for people to get inter- international experience. And I decided, um, I, I bounced that idea off one of the, the people running the business department, and they said, yeah, you, you know, go to Taiwan for a year, that would be a good idea, get some international connections for, you know, international trade. So I thought I'd go for a year. And uh, it turned into 10 years. I mean, that's that's <laughs> quite the difference, man. Yeah, no, I love Taiwan, uh, I just kept renewing my visa, I actually have permanent residence there. After five years, you can apply for permanent residence, Okay. and it was, I started, had a, a consulting business there that I still work on remotely. Okay. but. That's yeah. That's the gist of how I ended up in Taiwan. Um, there's there's obviously a lot more detail about it that I could go into if you if you wanted to know. But just out of
1: curiosity, what is the uh, what was like the biggest culture shock moment
0: when you when you ended up over there? Culture shock moment. So I I went into Taiwan not I moved so I moved to Taipei is the capital. Um, I would say the the biggest shock for me was just the density of population compared to Utah. Sure. <laughs> Utah's, look, Taiwan's about one-sixth the size of Utah, but it's okay. got 10 times the population. Really? Yeah, so Taipei itself, the metropolitan area, is about 8.5 million people, which is way more than the whole state of Utah has. Yeah, yeah. And I, I had to get used to that, you know, just just uh, going on the metro and stuff like that, crowded metros. I got I got used to it after a while, and the humidity that was kind of that was kind of a shock, oh, but dude, I can't I cannot do humidity man. Yeah, I, I I couldn't fully get used to it even after 10 years It was still something that I had to kind of readjust to every time summer sure. rolled around but okay So
1: when you're talking about how crowded it is you're you're like so like the I-15s like not even on your radar Right because oh every yeah. time I hit the I-15 at like 5 o'clock. I think like this must be the worst Possible traffic jam on earth. It's <laughs> like this is like nothing for you though.
0: Yeah, just just think of the i-15 with a whole bunch of scooters and and buses <laughs> and and Taxi drivers just kind of you know it, it, not really following specific rules. It was just kind of you kind of go with the flow Yeah, I get like a
1: You've seen the movie like Mad Max from like I don't know a decade ago.
0: Oh, yeah, Mad yeah. Max in the Thunderdome Yeah, like the, is that is
1: that the vibe of like people just going wherever they want to go?
0: Uh, in some ways, I think I would say the, the road rules, there's road rules, but they're not as, as strictly followed. And it's not, I mean, you just have to get used to it and, and you just kind of go with the flow. If you're in a hurry and you're trying to go fast, it can be really frustrating because you're just not going to get anywhere if you're, there's scooters and stuff. And so that was one of the hardest things to, to adjust to. But yeah, you just have to get get where you kind of relax and go with, with the flow of the traffic. And, okay. and it's not so bad after you get used to it. That's it's, it's, I, I, I got I got used to that. E- that was easier for me to get used to than the humidity. I, I still love Taiwan. And I plan on probably going back pretty soon, just for like a month or something yeah. for, for a client. But um, yeah, Taiwan's awesome. Taiwan's a really, really amazing place. Okay. So then if we fast forward a little bit, after 10
1: years, you come back to Utah. Yeah. Uh, You know, for those who don't know, like fill us in on what you're working
0: on now. So I came back from Taiwan during COVID in 2022 because I hadn't been back for a long time. You know, it was it's kind of it was kind of hard to leave Taiwan and then come back because there was like quarantines. It was like a 15-day quarantine if you wanted to leave and come back. And right. kind of, the quarantine hotels are kind of expensive. So I just hadn't visited my family in two years. My, you know, like my parents and my brother and sister and stuff, they, they live in Utah. So like your
1: whole family was here and you just went off to Taiwan kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and I'd, I felt I feel kind of bad because I'd, I'd only come back like every, maybe once a year and I felt a kind of a disconnect because I'd been gone for two years and made it hard to come back during COVID. And I came back for an extended trip. Uh, I was thinking maybe like four months and because I hadn't been back for Christmas and, and, and Thanksgiving because Chinese New Year is close enough, but far enough away where it's hard to take off both of that time. Right. Chinese New Year is the main holiday. That's sure. like Christmas over there. I came back, spent the holidays with my family. It was really good. But then the thing that kept me in Utah is the—so um, I had a ticket to go in March back to Taiwan. But the end of February is when Russia invaded Ukraine. And just like a couple of weeks before that, um, you know, Russia and China were doing joint naval stuff in the South China Sea. And I thought—and, you know, it's China's—Xi Jinping's number one goal to reunite Taiwan. Right. And I thought, well, if Russia— You know takes ukraine really quick why wouldn't china take taiwan i know that that you know that's one of the main things that they want to do sure and i thought well i'll just work remotely longer you know i canceled my plane flight started you know just working remotely longer and just real found out very quickly that this ecosystem in utah is pretty amazing especially for startups One of the things that got me interested was there was a Stanford study that showed Utah was the number one state with the ratio of venture-backed startups becoming unicorns. It's almost 70% above the national average. And for for anybody that doesn't know what a a unicorn company is, it's a privately held company valued at over a billion dollars. Now, Utah doesn't have as big of behemoth companies as like California does, but the the rate of creation of unicorns is is the highest yeah and i'm and i so i i got interested in that and decided to get involved with the community so i started a monthly pitch event where we get five startups pitched to vc and angel investors at the kiln headquarters in lehigh and it's been pretty amazing we've had four four events so far and that's been fun really really fun
1: that that is amazing so uh one observation and then one question for you okay so is it fair to say that uh, when you make plans, it doesn't seem like uh, your timelines are holding accurately?
0: Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> planning on going to Taiwan for a year, it turns into 10. Sure. Okay. Planning so. on coming back to Utah. And now I, I, I'm thinking that I can probably I put down roots in Utah, okay. actually. Is so it, when you say, like, you
1: might go visit Taiwan for a month. Yeah. Like, the concern is now that, like, we might not see you for, like, six years, right?
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Um, I love what I'm doing right now in Utah. And I I can see myself living here, you know, longer. This is actually the first time that I haven't had that desire to, to go and, and go to other countries. The, yeah. the reason is because I feel like... I'm a big, I love learning and I love adventure. And so learning adventures are my favorite thing. And that, that's what took me around the world. But I really honestly feel like the learning adventures happening right here in our backyards in Utah, like yeah. this is, it's happening here. It's fascinating. I see so many amazing startups meet a lot of investors and just connecting them is, you know, something I absolutely love to do
1: yeah man uh, I love that a couple questions for you here as well um, being now a, a global traveler right, <laughs> what do you think makes Utah different
0: Utah different from, from the other states or from just from anywhere, anywhere? Right? like you you had mentioned that
1: you came back and you you <coughs> saw what this community was and you wanted to be a part of it and, you know I think you've had a big hand in helping it grow as well Yeah. but like what what do you think
0: that why do you think that is I've, I've thought about this a lot and it's, it's, you know, there's, there's some amazing things about Utah, like the, the outdoors, you know, there's, there's mountains everywhere. You've got the Red Rock Desert. It's got five national parks that, that's, that attracts people. And I think that's attracted people. A lot of people recently have kind of migrated over to, to Utah Uh, especially during COVID time, but I think Utah, so that's an attraction for, for I think talent. If you can, if you can work remotely, why not work right next to the mountains? So a lot of people came over, I think when they were able to work remotely, I think, but one of the things, I think Utah's just had a long time entrepreneurial like spirit. I think the, the pioneers were, were pretty hardy. They came over and I think the, the state in general has fostered you know business, small businesses they've they've been really good for, with small businesses you know keeping taxes low that makes it interesting i do think the, church, the the mormon church has has an effect has has an influence on it i think you know people going all over the world when they're 19 learning a foreign language and getting connection all around the world and then coming back to utah has a has a big effect in fact i think utah I've heard from many people this Utah's the number one state for Chinese language immersion classes for kids. Really? Yeah, it's huh. it's like by far the, the in the percentage of the population and so there's a a big, there's a big population of people that are bilingual. There's a lot of connections worldwide. There's and another thing that, and this is one of the things that made me think why you know like BYU is one of the is the number one university um, in terms of speed of unicorn creation after graduation. Really? It's like the number. It was another Stanford study that came out. I've been watching these Stanford studies a lot, and BYU's 98% LDS. So I, I figure that probably has an influence on it. Um, you know I've, I've tried to look at all the factors of why utah is doing well and i think i think you know the church has its influence i think it's attracting a lot of talent there's a very young population a lot of you know people are still having kids and they're going through university and they've got a young talented population in utah and there's a lot of talented people coming in from out of other states to utah especially recently i think utah's got a lot of cool things about it and um, the entrepreneurial ecosystem is you know, it's kind of snowballing I think it feels like.
1: Dude, I, I love that man and thank you again for all that all that you do to help contribute to that community uh, and then you know that kind of leads me to my next question obviously at Tacos Together we're, we're big believers of community and human connection um, Like, tell me your experiences with communities especially as you've as you've traveled the globe like what is community meant to you?
0: One of the things I've seen and I've been fascinated by in my life is indigenous tribes. So I've, I, I actually, I kind of mentioned this before. I was born in the middle of the Navajo Nation on a trading post. I just spent the first year and a half of my life, but our family has a strong connection with the Navajo Nation. Uh, we even had we had three three pet coyotes and a pet raven when when we <laughs> lived out there. It's like we're living in the middle of nowhere. Um, okay, sorry. To, like, time out real quick. Yeah. Have you ever played
1: like two truths and a lie? Because I feel like <laughs> you would win every round of oh, two truths and a lie.
0: Coyotes and ravens. Yeah. And, I mean, yeah.
1: it's just like what. Anyways. Okay. Go back.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so that that connect uh, that kind of connection with the Navajo tribe made me interested when I started traveling around. At visiting little tribe, little tribes, you know, all around indigenous tribes in the mountains and stuff. And when I was in Asia, I spent a lot of time with friends in the Taiwanese indigenous groups. There's like 12 different indigenous tribes in Taiwan. And a lot of them are in the mountains. And I have friends, they'd take me up to, you know, hiking and, and, and take me to festivals, like little non-touristic festivals. And I saw a very interesting thing is that in these small groups and these connections, they're very, very strong connections. Even people tend to always call each other like brother and sister. Um, they would. They. I, I went to this one little village in Nepal, and and people were. This guy was calling a lot of people brother and i was like do you have that many brothers and he's like <laughs> he's like actually you know they're just people that are in the village we call each other brother and sister and and it's funny cuz I, I call you brother often and yeah. you call me it's so it's man. kind of creating a little tribe you know but i've seen that and i've seen it in my own family where we have we've have a family reunion that's kind of a pop-up village that's been going on for 70 years it's it's in the white mountains of arizona where we have about 150 to 300 people show up and they've showed up every single year for the last, yeah, 70 years or so. And it's just a, a way to connect with family. But that made me, you know, connection with the tri- different tribes. I went to uh, visit some tribes in Africa, the San Bushmen. You know, the gods must be crazy. Right. Uh-huh. So we, me and my brother visited a tribe of San Bushmen and it was just, really interesting to see the dynamics of, you know, small groups, like less than 150 people. And I think that's, that's a, a natural, like number for people. They, they call it in science in sociology, the, the Dunbar number, about 150 people you can kind of cognitively keep track of in your life. And, and you, when you see that in little villages, the, you know, people share people, people know each other. If you're a, a bad player in that, you know, if you're, if you're taking more than you're giving in a small community like that, people know who you are instantly. It, it And and I think also Utah, the, one of the other things that's really good about Utah, I think is it's a small enough community. It's not as big of a community. So people, everyone knows who, who's doing good things. And if you do something that people don't like it, it people know about it pretty quickly. So it kind of keeps you where you have to you know play by the rules I, th- yeah. I think that's it's not a gigantic ecosystem like in New York and in California I think that does help you to 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 know people a little bit better I don't know if that answered your question no, geez, that, was, that was amazing. <laughs> I, thank you I love that
1: right again we we stand for community right we stand yeah. for human connection and um, you know we're big believers that I, I think that's just innately right like mm-hmm. it's built inside <laughs> of us right It doesn't matter where you, where you're from, where your background, where your culture's from, right? We've always formed these tribes, right? We've always formed these units where we get together. And, uh, you know, again, I think that's just built inside of us. Uh, You know, I don't know why and I don't know how, but I think we've grown to a point where we've started to devalue that. And, you know, I think we've seen the consequences of it. And, uh, you know, I think we kind of crave like authentic human connection again. Uh, So, dude, your answer was perfect. So thank you for that. Yeah,
0: yeah, no problem. And I I guess one other thing on on that topic is one of the things that I didn't mention that brought me back to Utah was something that drove home the idea of connection with family and community even stronger. And it was... Well, one of the things I was, I was part of a group in Taiwan called Crossroads Taiwan. And it's not, there's a Crossroads organization in the U.S. that's a religious organization, I think. But the one in Taiwan is about fostering connection with international talent and Taiwanese talent. And I got to meet a lot of amazing people. And I got to, you know, connect a a few of those people and they ended up doing projects together. And that's what really got me interested in like connecting talented people and and at that same time, it just so happened that at that same time, I went to a doctor's appointment and the doctor said that I have melanoma, which is uh, if, if you don't know what melanoma is, it's the most dangerous type of skin cancer. It's, it can oh be gosh, very wait. aggressive. And I even had a I have a cousin that got melanoma and she was only five years old and she had to go through six months of interferon therapy at at Phoenix Children's Hospital, have a lot of her lymph nodes removed. Luckily, she's, in, she's, she's doing well now. But I knew, and I've, I've known a se- couple people that have died of melanoma. Yeah. A friend of mine from high school, her husband died at like age 35. Oh, wow. wow. And so when the doctor told me that, that you have melanoma, it was just a, a, a mole on my chest that, that was a little bit different, you know? And they said, we're gonna have to get it biopsied get a sample of it and send it to a lab I don't know what stage it's in my cousin who had to do all that interferon therapy and stuff it was at a stage three so if it's stage three that means it spread to your lymph nodes and things like that and that week that I waited for the results was I felt like the longest week of my life it was Yeah, I mean like
1: how do you like I, I don't even like
0: I can't even imagine like what
1: what that had to feel like man
0: Yeah, it was, it it was, it was surreal. One of the most surreal things was when I, whenever the doctor told me about it and said I had to get a biopsy, that, that it, it, this type of skin cancer is more common if you have like blonde, like blonde hair and blue eyes, actually. It's, it's like the most common uh, type of skin cancer or you're more likely to get it. So it's not that common in Taiwan. And what I, What they said was they basically when they put me on the table to take the biopsy, they brought a bunch of medical medical students. And I I felt kind of like a guinea pig because (laughs) there was there was people I I just got told, like, the worst news in my life that I have cancer, like a type of cancer. And then you're put on display. And then and then. Well, you know, and I I love the, the, you know, the people in Taiwan and stuff like that. But they they were there were medical students and they and they were—they needed to take photos of, of a melanoma, and they were taking photos, and I was just, it was surreal. And that week that I was waiting really started getting me to think, what is most important in my life? And I kept thinking back to my family that I'd not seen at that point in about two years because of COVID. And that's what made me want to go back for an extended Period of time. In fact, I wanted to ideally to split my time between like maybe six months in Taiwan, six months in the U.S. And that's what my goal started becoming is is working remotely and splitting my time between both places because I have permanent residence there. But but that's what that's what got me to it kind of woke me up right. about how connection how important connection is and how important family connection is and that's really what brought me back to the U.S. and I think that's what that's what's kept me here too not only that there's a lot of tension going on between in in Taiwan international you know tension but because I I do feel like this is this is my home this is where my family's at and there is there are amazing things happening here and the connections I've made with the ecosystem this amazingly collaborative and cooperative ecosystem that, that I've been exposed to here in Utah has even reinforced my understanding of the power of connection and, and organizations like, like Tacos Together that, I mean, Let's Taco About It was my first big Tacos Together event. And I was really impressed with, it was just the amount of authenticity and the, the level of connection that, that you, you guys were able to foster there. So I think you're doing an amazing job in connecting this ecosystem and allowing people to be, letting people feel safe enough to be vulnerable enough to connect on that level is, is pretty amazing.
1: Well, I mean, thank you for that, my friend. Uh, You know, myself, my team, like we are, we're just a small piece of that right we you know we want to create a safe space but it's up to individuals to fill it and you know people like you man um a couple things that like i just want to break down there uh one what happened yeah
0: like, sorry hey, i what forgot what happened there okay i forgot <laughs> about the the melanoma yeah. Yeah, i forgot about that part oh yeah so the when i got the the results back uh, it was the earliest stage possible and they just had to do a special type of surgery to remove all the tissue around it. So they removed, like, about a golf ball-sized piece of tissue in my chest, sewed it up, and um, and they said, you just need to go get, you know, dermatologist checks. So it was the best possible prognosis. Yeah. But that week of—yeah, sorry to leave you hanging. No, down. no,
1: you're good. I was just like, okay, this is a cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> yeah, that week of of waiting was was that— that paradigm shift for yeah. me and in like, what is most important in my life? I could be going into chemo. I could be doing this. I could be doing that. It And it was, it was a wake up call for me. Well, and I mean,
1: you know, I, I think I speak for all of us, man. I'm glad that you are here today and you know, presumably cancer free.
0: Yeah. I uh, hope, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
1: again, thank you for, uh, thank you for sharing that, man. And, um, you know, uh, what I find interesting about that, and I, I think it's true, right? Not to not to turn the story about me, but like when I was in my darkest places, I also remember feeling alone, right? And coming mm-hmm. out of that was this need and this desire to be connected with people, right? To feel true connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think it's interesting when you're you were faced with, I mean, God only knows what you know that could have been, right? Like, mm. but when you're facing, you know, potential, I guess, death on the other side, what you wanted the most was. Human connection yeah right? and I, I think that's that's super powerful so again thank you for thank you for sharing that man
0: yeah yeah I'll um, oh, go ahead no I, I, I also I love your story and and how you you know you guys Came tacos together. Came to be about a year old now, right? Yeah, we uh, we just turned one uh, a couple days ago. Awesome. So June one is the official birthday. Happy and, birthday, uh, Tacos Together!
1: Thanks. You know, <laughs> I think uh, we should probably order a birthday cake for our June event or something. A big you know? taco
0: cake. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just has to feed a, a thousand people, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking forward to this uh, this summer bash that's yeah, coming dude. up on. On June 29th 29th yeah that yeah, so. we, we, we just took a tour of the of uh, U, the U of U Stadium where it's gonna be at and that, that was it's pretty pretty impressive and pretty you know big <laughs> so it's gonna,
1: oh uh, man uh, it is uh, like I could not understand like proportions and sizing because the, the field is so big yeah right like I remember being down there and I was like that can't be a yard <laughs> right? like, I was trying to, I was like, that can't be five yards between those lines. Yeah. Anyways, uh, again, thank you, man. And I'm, I'm super excited that Third Thursday is going to be a, you know, is a community partner there. And that we're going to, we're going to do a lot of amazing things together, my friend.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to, you know, have your support. I support all that you do and you're doing amazing things for the, the ecosystem and, and uh, love it, man. Absolutely let's, love it. Let's talk a little bit more about Third Thursday. Okay. Uh, I know that we kind of
1: touched on it briefly, but, uh, you know, there are so many amazing entrepreneurs out there. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what it is, who it's for, uh, you know, if if someone's the right fit to pitch, uh, you know, what does that look like? How do they get a hold of you?
0: Yeah, I tend to. So the the five startups. So there's five startups, the structures, five startups pitch for five minutes each to a room with angel and VC investors and other startups, startup founders, and other startup enthusiasts usually. <clears throat> and the what I look for is from the stages of pre-seed to maybe series A, series B, and <clears throat> I look for a specific type of pitch, because um, I've been teaching, I didn't really say what I did in Taiwan, but I, I taught mostly business presentation skills, business communication skills, that was my consulting company, it still is and I worked with US and European tech companies that have offices in Taiwan and I've been working with presentations for a long time. I've been part of several startups and I figured when I came back I could help startups polish their pitch and and I look for I look for some typically a very short story uh, at the beginning. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about this. It, it's good to have a a why story, you know, but just it in a pitch of five minutes you can only really fit maybe less than a minute of that of why why you started this company and I, I look for for presentations that are are visual they're not uh, full of words you know they have visual uh, very visual very easy to follow because that's the type of presentation that's at, probably at the highest impact uh, part of the spectrum. You know, if you want, if you want your, your audience to follow what you're doing, you connect with the story, which you, you guys do amazing. You, you have a lot of amazing stories at your events and things like that. And I think our minds are wired for stories. And that's what I usually have the startup do. Uh, if they don't have a story, I say, hey, find, find your why story. Cause uh, an investor is looking just as much at the startup founder as they are at the, at the, as at the, uh, the business, because right. there's a lot of pivots that could happen. And in the end, if they invest in you, they're investing in the founder that they trust enough to make a pivot that will be successful. And you need to kind of introduce yourself to them. So I love, I love pitches. And if you have something like that, that's great. And I, and I'll, and I'll just invite you straight on to the, to the event. But if you don't, I also do a pitch polishing event where people pitch to me and I just give them feedback and say, Hey, you can add this, you can add this. And then when you're ready, then you can go on stage. And I I try to, you know, help the startups along with their, with their pitch and, and just developing that story and and their slides and, and, and making sure the right numbers are in there, obviously to that the investors are looking for. But that's, that's, that's basically the structure. And if they want to, I do pretty much everything through LinkedIn. So if they, if somebody contacts me through LinkedIn, they they can be kind of put on the list of startups. I usually get maybe 20-ish, twenty ish, twenty twenty five startups that want to pitch, and and it's hard for me to choose you know five that that I sure. think are ready, and but I do want to help those that I feel like could could they could have their pitch polished to to be a to be on excuse me on stage, you know one of the one of the pitch events so it's it's every month every month so you can always get a new group of five up yeah. there but
1: I, I've been to a couple of those events man. yeah I'm, I'm a big fan I think it's you know I think <laughs> it's really amazing uh, you know both the the support and feedback and guidance you're giving you know young entrepreneurs as they're starting their journey uh, and you know the 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 connection and access to capital for those organizations that are ready for it and are in need of it now yeah. so again I think that is uh, that's just incredible um, what would you say, again, going back a little bit, right? Like you have, I mean, I mean, everything from probably the largest family reunion I've ever heard <laughs> of, uh, big, you know, yeah. I mean, like I, I that give a, I give a small conference a run for its money kind of thing, yeah. uh, to, you know, again, what you, what you've seen traveling internationally, working with all these organizations, starting communities, uh, being a part of communities literally all over the globe. Uh, what would be your advice to those who are just a couple steps behind you, right? That want to get more involved in a community, but maybe they just don't know how to start or they don't know, uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people who they, they show up at the event, but they just don't know how to, how to start integrating into a community. What would you, what would you share to that person?
0: Yeah, I would say first, uh, in order to get integrated, it would be good to go to, to events, you know, be in the right room with what you're interested in and you know, if you're interested in startups, go to startup events. If you're interested in you know, learning about investing, go to those events. Be in the right room with the right people that you want to learn from, and just be extremely transparent, open about what what you're what you're there for, and be ready to. You know, I would say if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, definitely get one and use it because it's a good way to for professionals to connect. Um, I I think just uh, to going back to what you said, just being very like an open book and listening. I think one of the most key things to build a relationship and understand is is first to understand, then be understood. Talk to people. And that's why I kind of feel a little bit uncomfortable, you know, talking about myself. I, I like to listen to other people's stories. And if you can get a conversation with someone and listen intently to understand i think you build and you and you're open and vulnerable and transparent like an open book with them they'll see that very easily and and you can establish a really good connection with that person and keep that that vulnerability and openness and 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 that's i think that creates more genuine long-lasting sort of relationships if if you're if you're willing to first understand somebody else even if you disagree with them and then only after you completely feel like you understand what their side is put yourself in their shoes then then you can try to be understood but putting them first and putting yourself in their shoes i think builds builds a real strong bond if it's truly done in a you know, from the heart or, um, a tran- transparent and genuine way.
1: So yeah, I, I love that so much. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ray, real quick. Um, again, you, you shouted us out. Thank you. Uh, obviously <laughs> this third Thursday. Any other, uh, you know, for the, for the people, at least in the Utah ecosystem, yeah. any other organizations that should be on their radar? If, if this is kind of the scene that they want to be in?
0: Yeah, I, I absolutely love, there's so many good ones. Um, I've been blown, I've been, uh, I love Jeff Erickson's, uh, Je- Jeff Erickson's amazing. I swear, I, probably 30 people told me to, that I should meet Jeff Erickson before I met Jeff Erickson. Sure. And they're like, Jeff Erickson's cool, you should meet Jeff Erickson, because they heard that I was trying to, you know, doing an event, and when I met him, he was even cooler than what they said.
1: <laughs> I, I can attest to that, that is true. So, Jeff uh, is always cooler <laughs> than uh, whatever anyone says about him. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's a good thing.
0: And is the founder and founders and funders events are amazing. They do these reverse pitch events. That's awesome. If you're a startup, those, I, I honestly feel like those, those events are just way cooler than mine. They've been doing it for way longer. Jeff is just incredibly connected in the ecosystem and just a super genuine person. Um, Rev road. I just had some pretty awesome, uh, went to one of their events, revation. It was kind of an internal event. They do some really awesome stuff for entrepreneurs, Um, off the top of there's also, you know, Silicon Slopes has a huge, the summit, they've got weekly events. I've been really impressed with Silicon Slopes and, and just, you know, how they, they do, they're doing a lot of things. They're, they're the kind of the biggest, you know, event maker in, in Utah and, and they're really doing a lot of good for, for that, for the tech ecosystem, for a lot of things. Um, man, that's this is hard. There's a lot of amazing. There's a lot of amazing groups in in Utah. Like there's Tech Mondays. That's a good one up in Salt Lake. There's AI Mondays. That that one I still need to go to. I'm really interested in learning a bit more about AI just because it's so maybe disruptive and so many different things that that it's good to learn about it. I think Silicon Slopes is having an AI summit at UVU on. Uh, the same day on June 15th, the same day my next third Thursday is, but it's, it's earlier in the day. So, okay. but, um, I don't know what, what are some off the top of your head? Cause I know you're, you're, you've been in Utah longer than me and you're more connected into this ecosystem. Oh, what are I some, mean, I mean, I, 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 agree with you in the sense of
1: everyone that you've named so far is absolutely incredible. Really. There is no, I, I don't think there's a limit, right? Uh, mm. I've been super impressed by like commerce catalyst on the e-com side, uh, same thing with uh, Sharehouse, you know, I think oh, Tribe, yeah, House, Tribe uh, House, Tribe Angels, yes. they do an amazing job.
0: Tribe Angels, yes. Uh, again,
1: there are just incredible organizations everywhere. Unfortunately, I feel like I could talk with you for hours, Yeah. Uh, but we are coming up on time. Yeah. Right? Thank you so much, man. Thank you for coming here. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, you know, thank you for your advice and your wisdom. Thank you for eating tacos with
0: me. Yeah, dude. Tacos uh, together, man.
1: <laughs> I mean, th- that's it, my friend. And, and you... Uh, Just keep doing what you're doing, man.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Tremendous respect for what you're doing. Love what you're doing. And uh, it's an honor to be here on your podcast. So thank you.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Ray.